Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we break down one of their records. We get into the music, lyrics, art, and everything in between, and we try to have a good time (laughs) doing it. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Please, please go do that. All the social media, it uh, is at Asinine Radio, so go follow us on, on there. And uh, that's all I got for the boring intro. So what are we doing today, Jeff? We're doing Van Halen and their album Fair Warning. That's right. We are doing Fair Warning. So this one, this is their fourth record. Uh, came out in 1981, I believe. Right? 1981. Research well, is hard, dude. That's called that's called doing your due diligence, bro. That's, yeah, that's 1981. called too. 1981. So I, I do want to preface this whole episode by saying we are not the biggest Van Halen. Fa- we love Van Halen, but we're not like these crazy super fans that know everything about this band, all the different crazy partying and all kinds of shit that they used to do. We're just kind of, we're, we're, well, I would say we're well, fairly well. newer fans, especially me. But so yeah, anybody listening, we're not super fans, but we are huge fans of the band. If that makes any fucking sense. So if we miss out on things, deal with it. Honestly, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyway, let's get into it. Yeah. Fair warning, Van Halen. Well, actually, what's your what's your origin story with Van Halen? Let's let's start with that. There there so really is so much to fucking talk about. Like, yeah. like honestly, even though this band is not from like the the classic era of the hard rock bands of the seventies, right? There's so much to talk about with this band. Correct. And that's that's cool. But my origin story is my mom. My mom listened to Van Halen just like a lot um, growing up. And much like all, all the other music I was exposed to, Offspring and, and Third Eye Blind, the other biggest, and Green Day too, the other big ones, Van Halen was uh, was there. And I, I, I remember her listening to Balance, the, my, my least favorite Ooh. Van Halen record. Terrible but I also, record. I also remember her listening to 1984 and Van Halen 1. And she played it constantly, and she played it a lot. And honestly, I don't... I don't there was a big part of my life where I did not like guitar solos. I didn't like that shit at all. I was tried away from it, but I got into playing the guitar because of, of eruption. Like eruption was like, Oh, that's fucking cool. I want to, I want to play guitar because of that. It was like eruption and like Chris Carrabba from dashboard confessional. Those were like the two <laughs> things that really like drove me to want to play guitar. Two very different guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. cannot pick like polar opposites when it comes to guitar players. Hey, Chris Crabbe or songwriter or or songwriters Chris, for that matter. As a as a music as as a melody songwriter, Chris Crabbe is better than Van, than Eddie Van Halen for sure. Well, oh well, that dude. You you show me one one song that Eddie sings on that's that's more melodic than any one of the Dashboard songs. I'll I'll see that point. Feel your love tonight. The background, the backup vocals, better than <laughs> those are so good. Those are really good. Those are really good. 
I don't know if they're better, but those are really goddamn. They're all good. better, all better than uh, Dashboard Confessional. See, my mom, my mom listened to a fuck ton of Van Halen, and even to say I, I like the River, right? So like my mom went to the yeah. River constantly, and we were always at the River, and uh, there's, uh, dude, the River, there's like three bands at the River. You got Jimmy Buffett, you got Van Halen, and then Creedence Clearwater. That's what exactly. everybody listens to at the fucking River. Those are the River bands. At least back then, back in the nineties. I don't know what it is. I've, I've been to the river. In it's all decade, it's all country but. music. It's all country music. Oh god, the river's got even terrible. worse. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I went I went to the river like maybe five years ago, and yeah, dude, it was everybody on their boats, flying down the river. You hear just horrible pop country music. Just oh, so it's not shit. even like it's 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 like Garth Brooks era and and beyond and, pop and country to music. Now, yeah, That's but more but mostly like country music in the last ten years. Because it's all like young people now. I mean, uh, the river is for young people, really. That that's what it is. But uh, it's just. It's I feel like tangent here. I feel like the river is for young people or people that are old enough to have like grown up on the river before it was like quote unquote cool to go to the true. river. Yeah, you know. Well, what I, mean? like, I think people. I think like it also depends on where you go, because I guess Lake Havasu is like that's for the young ones, the the young bucks out there. Yeah. But if you go to other parts of the river, there's, I guess, other parts of the river is meant for, like, you know, our parents' age, you know, the boomers, some might say. Because I know that, our, that our, would be it. our neighbor goes to the Ozarks every every 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And, like, that river, he says, is just all kind of, like, older people. He's, you know, he says they still play, like, country and shit. And he likes that era of country music. Even though he thinks he likes it, he really doesn't like it. But he thinks he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> So maybe it is, I don't know, maybe it is a generational thing. Who Who is that? Let's say that. Yeah. But anyway, oh, that's that's neither here nor no. nor over there. Very, very regional. Very, very regional. <laughs> they got rivers all over the world. It's true. But I mean, I feel like the river, the river scene here in like California, Arizona is very different than the Amazon River, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Anyway. <laughs> so um, stupid. <laughs> it is very fucking, stupid. Took the fucking, like, the most opposite possible rivers you could possibly <laughs> think of. Oh, yeah, that was sure. the point, dude. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what, what so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was my origin story. It was my mom listening to Van Halen. And then, uh, like, honestly, like, I, I, in the most sincerity, even though listeners of the pod, even though people that I, I, I know in real life, no, I'm just not a fan of, of solos. But Eruption really, really drove me to play guitar. Yes, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. What is okay. your origin story with the Van Halens? My what origin is? story with the Van Halens, uh, I don't know. I really I really don't know. I might have been Jump. My mom my mom wasn't really into Van I, She was never into Van Halen. My dad was a talk radio guy, so he didn't listen to music too much. Um, outside of like Johnny Cash, weirdly enough, but yeah, my my mom, it's just she wasn't into Van Halen, so I it was Jump maybe, um, Hoffer Teacher maybe at some point, Oof. Eruption. I don't think I heard Eruption until high school. I think until you you told me about it, I had never really heard about it, um, and it wasn't until like I said five or six years ago, uh, where I really sat down with the first Van Halen record, and just blown away. I was fucking blown away by it and i remember specifically because actually it was right when you moved out to arizona because 
I was on my way home from your house and I thought, okay, I'll just, I've wanted to jump and go and get into Van Halen. So I just threw on the first record and then like four songs deep, I texted you while I was driving home. I said, we got to do Van Halen on the podcast. (laughs) We have to do it. And that was that, I guess technically that would be my, my true origin story because that's when I really found out how amazing they were. Mm -hmm. Like I always liked Panama because of, you know, the, the nostalgia that went behind that with us. Hoffer teacher, like I said, um, but but it was really that five six years ago where I just dove headfirst into to Van Halen and just became obsessed with that, especially that first record. Man, that first record is incredible, and I don't know. There it is, first impression. What's uh, what is your what what's your what's your first impression on Fair Warning, the album we're doing today? So so. My my first like true impression of Fair Warning is when you were out here a couple of weeks ago, and I was purging just a lot of records, you know, trying to like, thin the herd a little bit. I got rid of every Van Halen record except for one, and then I know my know neighbor friend of the pod Phil, his favorite album is uh, is Fair Warning. I don't know yeah. if it's his favorite album or if he thinks it's just like their best outside of Van Halen one. I can't imagine anybody thinking. Van Halen one's not their favorite album. I think he I said know, that's just silly boy talk. I think he said fair album, fair warning is his favorite album outside of Van Halen one. Fair that's album. what I think he said. Yeah, it's fair album. <laughs> and then we were listening to it in 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 person live, and we both kind of were like, oh yeah, because he's a bass player, and so we were like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, this I get, is I get why, why you liked it, yeah. <laughs> I get why you like fair warning, um, but there is there is merit <laughs> to it. There's a lot of other things here that I really do, I really do enjoy. And uh, I don't know that was that was kind of my first like true impression of Fair Warning outside of just listening to all of Van Halen and buying all of Van Halen mm-hmm. and having the whole collection in my in my collection because I've had yeah. I've had fifty one fifty I've had OU eight one two and I've had OU. and I've had fucking I've had fucking fucking gay I can't remember you had what I don't remember what the fucking name was so that's it uh fifty one fifty nope. Oh eight twelve, um, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Women and children last. Diver down. No, I, I have I have all the DLR era stuff except for uh, the new one, but I guess that's all I've had is just O U eight one two and fifty one fifty. But yeah, those were instant purges without even listening to them again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That, that that's all I got for that that segment. Fair, yeah, fair warning for me. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously listened to this record. I've listened to the record several times before. This has been in my collection, but I always thought, yeah, I'm never going to go really, really go back to it. So I started to purge my records as well. And, um, and this was on the chopping block. So yeah, when, when I was out at your house, we threw it on. We're like, okay, maybe I thought maybe I don't want to purge all my Van Halen, my DLR Van Halen. So we threw it on because of, you know, friend of the pod, Phil. And yeah, dude, this is, uh, there is an exact moment and I have it in my notes, which we'll get into in a bit, but there's an exact moment where I remember looking at you and I said, this is, I'm not going to purchase record. This is the reason why I'm not going to purchase record. <laughs> there's a very, there's a very specific moment. So like I said, we'll get into that. And I do understand why Phil likes this record so much because he's a bass guy. He this loves is the bass. their most. This is their most bass forward song. This is the only album they've ever album, done yeah. in this era that was very, like the bass was just turned up. Yeah. Well, you actually had like some moments where the bass drives the song. There's like three, four songs on here where it's a bass driven song. Like Eddie kind of sits back a little bit, 
does like lets the other guys have fun. You know what I mean? Or let's yeah. let's let's Mikey and and Alex have some fun. Yeah. And they do. I mean, the, the rhythm section on here, I think, is the some of the best rhythm parts on out of all the DLR stuff, like hands down. So it's a good record. Let's get into it. Do you, let's start with uh, stinkers. Do we have any stinkers? No, I, I don't. I don't even have anything that's like close to a stinker. I do have a couple songs I think are okay. Yeah, but they're just okay because compared to like eruption and and you know what I mean like I don't know it's okay but it's still fucking really good agreed and I I have no stinkers either I have nine bangers there's nine songs on the record um and this record clocks in at 31 minutes and 11 seconds Dude, perfect that's, it is perfect, perfect. <laughs> that's how that's how all the DLR stuff is the lean OG DLR mean, stuff. baby lean and mean that's Dude, all it, that, that's all yeah there's no there's no room for filler there's literally no room for filler the the solos on like overall the solos on this record, they're awesome. They're fantastic. They're short and sweet. He doesn't. Eddie has 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 a perfect way of never overdoing his solos. Yeah, it's busy. There's a lot of going lot going on, but it never extends for a minute, minute and a half. You get like a twenty second solo tops. That's yeah. all you get per song, and I, it's like that's perfect for a three and a half minute song for that solo. Perfect. Great songwriting. That's great songwriting, dude. Well, it is. Anyway, let's get into uh, our biggest bangers, our BBs. So what is your, what's your number one banger or your one B? My one B is Unchained. Unchained my heart. Yeah, that was, that was. uh, Was it Tony Braxton, right? I think that was, did she say Unchained? Oh, Unbreak My Heart. No, she says I'm right. Unbreak my heart. I really fucked that one up. Huh? That's what I thought she said too. But then I, was, I thought like maybe I'm just singing it wrong all these times. <laughs> I w- I was the one that was wrong. Oh, okay. No, he so. goes change. Nothing stays the same. Unchanged. <laughs> that's dude. That's one of his best fucking chords he's ever done. It's really good. But like, but like we start off with this intro riff that is so fucking heavy. A oh, little yeah. phase effect on it, but it's incredibly crunchy. Perfect fucking tone, and. One of like my biggest regrets now later on in life is the fact that I I, I ended up getting rid of like an OG fifty one fifty head and amp and a cab like the whole situation the I, whole shebang the whole shebang I I it was too much for me at the time I feel like I could I could do better with it now I would know how to mm-hmm. how to dance around it but it was just too much for me and I sold it and I will never I'll never see that shit again. Yeah, you sold it to me. I did sell it to you, yeah. You sold it to me, and then I sold it in 2018. So, why why did you was it just too much for you? I just it was just I never used it. I yeah. I never ever used it, and it was just sitting in the garage. And I mean, it was covered so like it wasn't getting fucked up, but I was just like Ooh, I, ne- so I didn't use it in fucking loud. It's so but dude, it sounded amazing. I wasn't using it and I was just I needed them I needed some extra money. So I'm like, dude, I just, it would be nice to get like a thousand bucks on this, like a thousand bucks for nothing. Easy. So I just, I sold it. Um, but dude, now yeah. like, like, you, I kind of, re- I do regret selling it though. If you check Reaver, you both regret selling the same fucking thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you check Reaver for that shit, just the head alone goes for like $2,000. Ugh. I hate yeah. that so much. I know. I it was, so it was much. tough. It was rough. That's okay. Um, but yeah, Unchained, dude, DLR, he's just yelling. Right, the whole time he's just fucking yeah. yelling. I Especially love this chorus. Intro. Eddie, 
he just noodles the whole time. Like, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's not really soloing. He's not like doing like rhythm or anything. He's just he's just fucking noodling. He's just goofing <laughs> off. No, it's and not even is, a proper lead. It, it it yeah, it's not a lead because it doesn't it doesn't accent the melody. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not melodic. It doesn't it doesn't add anything to the overall song. It's just he's just noodling, fucking he's just around, goofing. man. He's yeah. just fucking around, dude. New boot goofing, yeah. Uh, and and even the, even uh, so, like this is I guess this is the only song that ever features Ted Templeton on vocals. He just has like a one liner thing that he does. Ted mm-hmm. Temple being Ted Templeton being the producer. Templeman. 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 Templeton. Get it right Templeman? or pay the price. Templeton. Templeman. Get it right or pay the price. Templeman. Templeman. Templeton. Templeman. 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 Either way. It's a dumb fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> but even when Mikey just does like this driving single bass note, right? The do, 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 do. He has these little like nuance to it. Nothing crazy, but just enough mm-hmm. to pick up on and like really enjoy. And then I realized, I was like, dude, this guy's a fucking underrated bass player. Because oh, on totally. album... What this guy does is what a bass player should be doing. He plays very much as a as a as a generic bass player. He's rhythmic, he's easy to digest, and a little tiny bit of nuance, but he plays the song. But then you watch like live videos of this dude playing, and it's like, who the fuck is this? It's a different bass player. It's 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 a guy <laughs> that, that you never heard on an album before. But you do hear him. You hear him in these little these little nuances, these little like doo 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 He does that shit a lot, and that's so fucking good. I love it. He does. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, he's also underrated as a vocal, as like a backup vocalist. But they're, it seems like they're primarily talking about the Hagar era, where, you know, during the DLR era, he just, he's there in the backup vocals, but there's nothing that shines through. So apparently he is a good singer, or fans say he's a good singer i mean he's like he's like the only one here that's actually trained in multiple instruments and knows how to play a that's fuck ton too. of instruments and and knows like a good deal about musical theory but um i don't know i was i was actually really surprised at, at li- watching him play live versus album stuff but then i don't know it, it kind of made sense because I, as a bass part of an album you don't want to be squirrely you don't no. want to be too obnoxious because you you're not you're not the especially, point of the band, dude. It's especially with Eddie, especially with Eddie Van yeah. Halen, who the I mean, role. you know, the guy has or had a huge ego. You know, any besides David Lee Roth, he never let anybody get in front of his ego. Like he never let anybody outshine him. You know what I mean? <laughs> he shouldn't. I, I agree. No, I agree. He shouldn't because he is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. He's top like, three. I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, it goes Omar. Head, okay, I thought no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Oh my I'm totally fucking kidding. god! <laughs> no, I get it. Like objectively, he's top three. Like Tony, Tony Iommi, Jimmy Page, and uh, you think and Tony Iommi is the greatest guitarist of all time? I think so, yeah, I do. You're I really fucking do. just. What are you? Are you sitting? Because if you're not sitting, you need to sit the fuck down. Because that was stupid <laughs> as fuck. That's just that's. Oh my god! Well, who would you say, Jimi Hendrix, as the greatest of no, all time? Little cuck. Yeah. I think like now the more the more we do this pod, the more we get into these kind of like classic era guitarists. I I think I think yeah, I think Hendrix would be number one. I, I think Page I would, would be would, number two, and I think Van Halen would be number three. I would still I would say Stevie Ray Vaughan is above Jimmy. Hendrix. No, I don't come care. On. Stevie Ray Vaughan's ten, top ten, but he's number ten. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. No, he does. He does the one thing fucking fantastically. Better than and maybe so anybody's ever done it. 
So did yeah. Hendrix. Well, that's not he true. He did the though. one thing really well, but he what was really thing? sloppy about it. That was his style. Steve Ray Vaughan perfected it. Dude, Hendrix and, was a and, fucking fantastic rhythm guitar player. He was. He was, he was a, a great He was a great lead guitar player. He was a great <laughs> soloist. He was a great fucking rhythm guitar player. He he was doing like nuance to the guitar that no one had ever even thought about doing. Embrace the feedback, bro. We talked about that constantly when we did Hendrix. We did, yeah. I feel like You're I'm right. talking to a fucking uh, a forgetful Freddy here. Talking to a fucking wall here. I don't know. What am I saying? made that name up. Forgetful what am I Freddy. Um, so Unchained is my, is my, it's my 2B. <laughs> I do love that chorus though. <laughs> that, dude, the harmonizing is, is so fucking good. It's so great. Um, but you know, it, like you, you mentioned, it starts off with that, that, that awesome riff or actually, no, you didn't say that. Yeah. It does. Just, the intro of it's he- fucking heavy. It's, it's all the way like the fucking E string. It's like, it's open. It's, it's, it's fucking heavy. It's very Panama sounding. It's not riff. It's not like note for note Panama, but it's there. Kind of that 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 I don't want to say chugging thing that he does in Panama, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Dun, dun, it's just the, those Here. two three notes that he hits, those downstrokes. You hear that like it's so prevalent in that that opening riff here, and then the flange, man, it's out of control. It's so good. D- David Lee Roth is just screaming for no That's reason. That's all he does. That's no all he reason fucking does all. is yell the whole time. I just love it. I love the chaos that is David Lee Roth at all times. Like it, it perfectly, it perfectly, uh, what am I trying to say with Eddie? Like David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen are just the perfect They're the same. Match They're exactly they, the same. They completely feed off of one another. They're both out of their fucking minds on stage and off stage too. They're both yeah. crazy, but crazy in their own ways. Like how this band stayed together, even for, Two years is insane. <laughs> On top of making six records in what it was it six years, six records yeah. in seven years maybe. I, it's crazy. I think this this is crazier than Creedence Clearwater. You know, making so many records over such a short amount of time because that wasn't as as explosive ego wise as Van Halen was. Yeah, because they were Eddie fucking wild. And, they weren't. Yeah, they were, Eddie and Roth were so out of their fucking mind. But honestly, Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth are the same fucking person. Like, they are the same person. And yeah. then musically, one is just, instead of, like, through his mouth, they're just doing it through their hands. But they're the same exact right. fucking person. They're both wild. They both cannot be tamed. You tell them to do something, and they will purposely do the opposite. And then go so far, like, aggressively in the opposite direction that it's just like, what do you fucking do? Why didn't we tell you anything? I know. It's just, it's crazy how they'll just throw in these... Both of them will just throw in these little things, these little, you know, the little pinch harmonics that fucking Eddie throws in or the crazy falsetto vocals. Like, dude, they're one. Yeah, you're, you're right. They are like the same person. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And that, that, that then you drop into the verses, you know, Eddie's doing that, the big kind of heavy chuggy riff that just drives it so well, drops into the pre-chorus. And then it's just like the harmonizing, like that, that descending melody that they all sing is fucking solid and then the background vocals like we talked about are just unchained Chained. So <laughs> solo short and sweet just he once again ripped it up ripped it up and then just more improvising more just david lee roth just saying stuff just yeah. really that that's the bridge or the this, second bridge i should say the second is bridge just, is just him just doing what he does best just talking 
this song and this album is just good, like good hearty Van Halen stuffs. Yeah. Like it's they don't not do as anything. wild. It's not I, as wild as the first two. I think what they fine. do different here is a little darker, like the tone's a little bit darker. They're using a lot of like flats, a lot of minors. So mm-hmm. it's not quite like they're they're aggressive, just, you know, here's us and just, you know, fucking whatever it is, whatever key we're doing. There's key changes on this album. Our boy Mikey's got a lot, a lot more going on here um, that he's been doing since the beginning, but we just never heard him because Eddie's been going absolutely bonkers. But also some of the solos too. Some of the solos here are like unhinged. They don't make any fucking sense. And well, I mean, one foot out the door, we'll get to it. But <laughs> that solos, that solos on par with like eruption. Like it's it's right up there because it's wonky. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh, I it's, can't wait to get into that song because that song is so unique. It's bizarre. Okay, well, let's let. Do we want to just go into that? Who cares? Right? Let's get in. That, that's my four B. Yeah. Well, technically, so I put I put Sunday afternoon in the park, and then one foot out the door as one song because I don't care. I can okay. do whatever I want. That's because they are one song. It's the same fucking melody, it's the same note progression. They just okay speed it that's up a fair. little bit. So one one foot out the door is my three B. The 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 closer, like you said. So yeah, this song is just like going off of Sunday afternoon in the park. Yeah. It's, it's that like, like Sunday after, Oh, let's start with that song. Sunday afternoon in the park that it just has that, like starts with that heavy death synth kind of sound, you know, that very ominous synth. The drums come in super hard. They're kind of like modulated, I guess is the right way of saying it, but damn dude, just, it's so hard. And, and really like the, the little synth part, you could tell like he's learning. Eddie's learning how to, how to kind of play, the synth stuff and make it sound decent or good. And I feel, I hear a, actually a lot of crazy train, which I don't know. Did crazy train come out after this album? I, I Oh dude, fuck me in the fucking goddamn it. Yeah. So like just even the whole Randy Rose V V Eddie Van Halen thing, right? They both came out yeah. of the Los Angeles area. They're both rising to like, like the stardom at the same point, Randy Rhodes with quiet riot before he went with Ozzy and then Eddie Van Halen, they were rivals, man. They were fucking rivals. They, That's they, wild, they, man. it is, it's incredible. In the Pasadena, if you're not from like the LA area, Pasadena, who the fuck cares about Pasadena? I like garbage Pasadena town. A lot. It's a fucking no, garbage it, town. Who gives a no, shit? Pas- no, it's not. Really- it's Pasadena a Passover. Nice. It's a Passover town. But Pasadena is a nice. It's a nice. It's a suburb. fucking Passover town. It's a if you nice. Want to it's a, fuck, get the fuck out of here. It's a it's Passover a nice town. Suburb. The fuck get out of here. It's a Passover town. You retire <laughs> in Pasadena maybe because you're from a different part of LA that you want to quiet down. It's a Passover town. But yeah, I, I I I do think there's a lot of similarity between Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen obviously did it better than Randy Rhodes did just because he did it before him, did it faster than him, and then did, and it, did longer it after than him he did. too. Yeah. yeah. Fucked, fucked up, up but <laughs> you said it first not me but it was incredible it's, it's really cool to see like two guys that are just like clearly like from day one just like these guys are both going to be the best at what they're playing and they both rose at the same pace it's just randy rose died a lot faster than eddie van halen did so it's just but it's like it's so fucking cool man to see late 70s early 80s how randy rose progressed from quiet riot to being like with ozzy and then how Eddie Van Halen progressed from being great, honestly. Because even like <laughs> Randy Rhodes and Quiet Riot, like I've listened to that first couple albums, dude. Like they're really good. I like Quiet Riot. I really do. But damn, dude, I compared to Van Halen 1, compared to like, uh, did you listen to the fucking link I sent you with Van Halen's first? I didn't know. No, I, I forgot to listen to that. Fucking damn it. 
They played this. There, there was a there was a venue over. It was called like Galazzi's or, or Gazzy's or something like that. And, and on Sunset, and it turned into uh, the Key Club. So it was okay. Galazzi's and then turned into the Key Club. Man, and I then, forgot about that that venue. I totally dude, forgot about the Key Club. Th- th- like they had like a stint there. They were they were like the house band for a while. And and from I guess like I don't know up until 1974 was when that that link I sent you was, and it was mm-hmm. just. I mean, we're talking. These kids are what? They're fucking nineteen years old, right? Oh yeah, right. It's oh yeah, fifty-five, sixty-five, sixty-five. Yeah, they were like nineteen years old, and they're killing it. David Lee Roth, he's doing his his thing. I know you like after this is over, you should really listen to that quality kind of shit. But damn, dude, that may be like David Lee Roth's best performance that I've ever heard him do. It's just unencumbered. In that could, song, in that demo. That that well, it's, it's, a, it's the whole show. It's live. the whole sh- yeah. yeah. It's the whole show. It's all, like, almost all covers. The one I sent you is like thirty minutes because the quality's better. But the full show is like an hour. Um, what were we talking about? Dude, I get so excited with Van Halen because <laughs> we, we were so talking about one foot wild. out the door. We were talking about the last song, but but I, I kind of want to I want to keep on topic with with kind of the the start of the band too because it's really important that you know they they started the band. They called themselves Genesis for a while, Mammoth. Like they had a bunch of different names, and then they were they were. They were essentially they were renting a PA system from David Lee Roth before he was even even in the band, and he auditioned for the band and Eddie was just like no, just you're not good enough for the band, and they and they were renting the the PA for like ten dollars a day or some shit like that. Yeah, and to cut costs, they just said you want to join the just join the band. You know, we, we'll use the PA, join the band, and then the rest is kind of history. You know, he joined and then. Rodney on the Rock, famously, very famously, dis- I, I, he, I would say Rodney on the Rock discovered Van Halen. Gene Simmons from Kiss claims that he discovered them, which he did a lot for the band, mind you. But I think it was Rodney on the Rock that really, really discovered it because they were they were already established. The band was already established within the LA scene. And if anybody knows anything, anything about Rodney on the Rock, Rodney on the Rock was the guy in the scene, like. He was the he was like the socialite of the time. Crazy. He was the socialite of the Sunset Strip of it's true of Hollywood. You know that was the guy. Like if you knew if Rodney knew you and if Rodney it. you you know brought you up in conversation, like dude, you're good. Like you're gonna be dude, selling the guy, records. The guy had fucking like Mick Jagger's phone number. Like Mick Jagger would call him up to go. Like, hey, you want to come to a party? I'm throwing a party fucking Friday night. You should come. I want you there. He didn't call nobody else. He called Rodney. I know, isn't that fucking nuts? It's bonkers. So, I so I I honestly give Rodney on the Rock more credit to Van Halen's rise than I do Gene Simmons. And then plus Gene Simmons had told them, "Oh, you know, you guys should change your name. Van Halen's not good. You should change it to Daddy Longlegs." Like, the fuck dumbest you, dude. fucking name in the dumb world. fucking. Although name. Van Halen, in hindsight, like at the time, that that's a stupid fucking name. Too. It is. But when but when Eddie is so iconic, like his guitar playing transcends anything. Like his guitar playing is just so beyond what anybody heard, at, especially at that time. Yeah, there are like these guitar virtuosos on on YouTube and all that shit that could play these songs better than Eddie. But dude, Eddie was it. Like there, these kids would not these kids on YouTube would not be there if it if it was not for Eddie Van Halen. Like he really created something so different and so unique. It's so amazing. Like, honestly, Eddie Van Halen was just incredible. An incredible musician. Yeah. Hands down. So, and I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 like, I like that everybody helped Van Halen be who they are, and they got a lot of like hookups. But really, 
it was because of them. It was because of their of their playing, and they played. They were a band for what five six years before their first album was out. And they were playing backyard parties. They were playing yeah. Sunset Strip, and they were just out there like like Glenn Danzig style. They're out there passing out. They were fucking DIY. Flyers. Yeah, they they were dropping flyers off at local high schools, saying that they had a show coming up. Yeah, and they're you know, like just, nineteen years old, eighteen years old, doing this. So like they I were, love that they were out there, boots to the ground. So I think. I think even without Rodney, even without without Gene, I think they still would have made it because they had the work ethic and they had two things that just nobody has ever fucking had. One for sure yeah. is Eddie. Like no one has ever <laughs> no one's ever done that. And then like David Lee Roth, man. David that, Lee Roth. When the they got David Lee Roth, man. that became that that became Van Halen. Yeah. Eddie Eddie would still had a good career, like had not been for David Lee Roth. And David Lee Roth, like we know he had a good career. But when you put them two, when you put two of them together, they became like a like like legendary status. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, like we like I said, we were talking about earlier the the two biggest egos in rock and roll. Like really, they are the two <laughs> biggest egos. You could argue Gene Simmons and and you know some of those guys, but who the fuck cares? Two two big egos in one band, and they lasted this long. Come on, man. Like even even Guns and Roses with slash and, and axel two huge egos but they put out one good record everything oh. after appetite was mediocre to bad and van halen put out six records in six years seven years that were all fucking if not if they weren't perfect they were like damn near close to perfect and that i'm only speaking of to be fair down. appetite is like a <laughs> dude appetite's fucking fantastic it's good but it it, it doesn't hold a but candle was, to to fucking any van halen uh, any of this uh, I don't know, dude. I think appetite appetite is, is except Dever Down. What? No way, dude. Appetite better than everything Van Halen's done, except for maybe one. No, no, no. except for one. No, it's only, appetite's only better than Diver Down. That's it. That's that's that's. <laughs> that's it's oh. true, dude. It's true, dude. I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But like, like appetite would not have like Guns N' Roses would not have existed had it not been for like the DIY ethic of Van oh, yeah. Halen of 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 them on Sunset like Sunset in the fucking seventies and eighties, dude. It was cutthroat. There were so many bands coming. There were a dime a fucking dozen. That's why you really like, had to sets stick you out. Apart? Van Halen stuck out. Exactly. Yeah. What sets you apart? It's either you know somebody who's gonna like usher you in, or you're that fucking good. And Van Halen was that fucking good. Didn't really know anybody, but still kept at it. Still kept at it. And if you listen to that, I know you will. If you listen to that, that, will, that YouTube yeah. thing, you'll hear him. Eddie Van Halen, he was there. Like the, the, like the, like the blueprints for, for Eruption, it was there. 1974. Was there, yeah. Fucking there. I can't, I can't imagine Eddie ever not being good. Like, <laughs> reading, was... reading more about it, dude. They, I mean, they grew up in, or they were born in Amsterdam. I think they spent their early, early years there. And before they moved to Pasadena, Eddie and Alex. And I think... Eddie was like, um, was it? No, it was Eddie. It wasn't Alex. It was Eddie. He was winning like piano recitals, like doing like he was like a piano virtuoso at like three years old, like some like like Wolfgang shit, you know, like huh? just uh, just an absolute virtuoso, and that's probably why he named his kid Wolfgang. But Wolfgang. Um. No, yeah, but yeah, they, I don't know. They, they so like so what what's what's always kind of fascinating about fascinating me about Eddie Van Halen and his guitar playing. Is is when you get to that kind of like level of of virtuoso ness, you uh, you can kind of like pick apart his his solos because there's so much more complex, there's so much more going on, 
and the fact that he started off playing the drums before yeah. Alex did, and they eventually switched because Alex really didn't want to play guitar. So he was like, "Oh, fucking fine, I'll play it." So you hear a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of rhythmic stuff going on in, in, in Eddie's solos. That's, that's true. Why we yeah. don't need we don't need a drummer in eruption because Eddie can kind of like carry that that I don't know pass that torch onto himself and and carry that tone. He can he can like rhythmically during his solos make a point to say, okay, now I'm changing to something else. Now I'm doing something else. Now something is different coming on. I'm going to speed it up. I'm going to slow it down. And we can hear that not just through the notes he's playing, but like how he's playing it, how hard he's hitting those strings, what he's doing with it. And I think and that's, that's also why he doesn't need a second guitar player. No, for sure. does not a second guitar he, player. Not at all. I mean, Mikey is, is a, he's an amazing bass player and he fills in the gaps where Eddie just for whatever reason just can't fill it in, especially during the solos. You know, it's just the rhythm section in Van Halen is is unstoppable. You know, Alex and Mikey are just absolutely unstoppable, and it's it's just so cool how you just see these guys write music because, yeah, I know Eddie wrote a lot of it, but I mean, without Alex and Mikey, dude, it would just the rhythm uh, the rhythm section would fall apart. Like you, it's so it it must be so difficult to play with Eddie on a rhythm section level because he's so out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then you throw Roth in there and you're like, dude, what, what the fuck is this? It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't, no matter how good of a musician you are, I think if you ever played with, with Eddie Van Halen, I don't think anybody could ever really keep up with him outside of his brother. And that's why they, he never made, I think that's another reason why he never made music outside of Van Halen because nobody could keep up with him. But like okay, so so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like facets of that diamond here, because when when in the odd chance that somebody does come jam with us on our our jam nights here at the, the Gale Street, if somebody's <laughs> like oh yeah I play guitar and you know they they're classically trained they're really really good at the guitar they can kind of keep up with us, um, and we're not like good by any means, but we know each other's kind of shortcomings and so we we adapt to that and we know that oh when the bass is short here. Um, I'll do a little bit more there because I know he doesn't like to do this. Therefore, I will do a little bit more there with the drums. I know they have a trouble. They have trouble like filling in on here, so we'll do that. And that just comes to playing with like like live, like like in a live setting. Yeah. And so and so when when Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen are playing for so long with each other, I think Alex. And I I, I searched for this too. And I could not find anything about this. And I don't think I ever will. Because why would you? But I think Alex knew. I think Alex knew Eddie was destined for something bigger than if Alex was conceited as conceited as Eddie was. So if they both butted heads as much, I think Alex knew that Eddie would not have been destined for greatness. So Alex took the back seat and said, you know what, okay. dude, I will just be here for you and allow you to develop your style, your sound and just, you know, be your, be your rock, I guess is what the, the girls say. What the kids the say. Yeah. That's what the kids say. Fucking, movies but I, I think i think i think that's really that what like no propelled no maybe not with the no. rock rock yeah no no it's, it's not the, it's no that's pretty close mind. though that's pretty close eh, but that's no because no because it actually means something it, so it no. does it does mean something until until every fucking tom dick and harry out there is posting on instagram you're my rock and it's like their fucking dog or like a gerbil <laughs> or like pizza you know what i mean like yeah, no, fuck that it's not a no list now but it's close yeah, you're don't put pu- don't push your luck. The, don't you're push in the your danger luck, zone. Rock. But I I really yeah. do I really do think like Alex Alex 
has has lived a life of of almost like artistic celibacy just to allow Eddie to be the best. I like that. And and I really I believe that as well. I really do. Because it's all he ever oh, does. And like he's a good drummer. He's fucking he's good. He's a fucking great drummer. Dude, there's some great moments on this record. And talk about Hoffer Teacher. Dude, come on. I mean, that's like one of the outliers. coolest. That's like, what the fuck are you even doing, dude? <laughs> one of the coolest drum, if not the coolest drum intro or drum part of any song ever. I mean, Hoffer Teacher is insane. I still don't know if there's any kind of like drum machine attached to that fucking intro because it's just, there's no fucking. <laughs> I way. always thought it, but then you watch somebody like Josh Freeze play it and you're like, dude, it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. But. Dude, it's it's insane. It's fucking insane. Oh man. Anyway, um, let's get let's get back into one foot out the door. The the final song. We yeah. went on quite the tangent here, and that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, this is uh this is a fast song, man. This this reminded me a little bit of the song on fire, just because it just how kind of quick it is and kind of how chaotic. I really love the distortion and effect. I don't know if I think it's the bass, but it might be the guitar. I really don't know. But it's something really cool. It's something really heavy. Alex's snare sound is huge. Just huge. And it's not like that that cheesy 80s tone that that was really prevalent during this time, but it's just it's big and David Lee Roth is running his voice through some pedal. I don't know what it is, but my God, dude. And then that solo hits, Eddie's solo, it's so dirty. Just It just sounds gross. <laughs> and he rips it up. And, and in, all, in all honesty, this song, to me, is more of an instrumental. It, the, it's a short song, and it just drives so hard and so fast. I, I, I think this is a fantastic song. I loved it. It, it would have been fine as an instrumental, but I think you need DLR's verbed up like vocals there. Because, like, for me, this is their... This is just a perfect mix of punk and metal, like of the '80s of this era. Yeah, like these guys are still like a punk band. Like they 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 play fast and they play hard. And that's what it is. It's fucking great. Right. And I think I, I don't know. So like going back to to Sunday afternoon in the in the park. I, I I think I think that's just them goofing around with that sound because they already had synthesizers or piano in uh, Women and Children first. So you've already been kind of like toying with the idea of doing it. Here, here is them. Now it's the eighties, and and even like the eighties, like new wave synth sound has already been going on since the seventies. But here is them, kind of like, hey, let's let's see what we can do with it. They're goofing around with it. Um, I did get like very deep uh, CKY sounds from that from that synth sound that they're doing yeah, here. I could hear that. Very, 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 like very, very low end. Like how low can we get this? How guttural? How <laughs> nasty can we make this? But damn, dude, I, these two uh, songs back to back are absolutely, uh, absolutely perfect. And again, Eddie's solo in this one, it's split up into different parts and it just sounds like he's out of his mind. It sounds like he has, yeah. he has no idea what he's fucking doing. And there's like no, f- there's no like structure. There's no real flow to it. And if you like chop it up, I think it's like two and a half parts. If you chop it up mm-hmm. bit by bit, there's no flow whatsoever. But when you hear him play it back to back, it's like, it's like Grateful Dead status. He's doing things. He's doing things a little bit earlier on to let you believe that it's going to transition into a different part later on. And then it goes mm-hmm. there. And I'm telling you, man, Oof. I've, I've heard, I've watched videos of people 
say that Eddie Van Halen is the greatest guitarist of all time. And after I watch the videos, I don't, I don't like disagree. I, I'm not, I'm not sitting there in the same way. I would sit there as if somebody said fucking Tony Yomi is the greatest guitarist of all time. I don't, I don't, I don't, right. I don't get mad. But like Eddie Van Halen could quite possibly be like the greatest guitarist of all time. You, I mean, it's it's hard to argue it. It really, <laughs> really is difficult. It's, like this deep, dude. This deep in their fucking career, still, still doing things that people just don't fucking do. And I feel like we're only scratching the surface with what we're talking I know, about. Seriously, like, like no seriously, fucking music man. theorist can, over here. I don't fucking know. Yeah, we can. I mean, people could probably go so much deeper into his style and and his technique and all that kind of stuff. But one, we don't have the the knowledge of that, and we also don't have the time or the energy to do this to do that. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, but one well, foot out the door. The closer, great closer. And I would also say this is probably one of the most experimental songs they ever did during this era. Oh, the, for during sure. the David Lee Roth era. There's nothing that sounds like this on any of the six records. Even even the the one from 2012, the seventh re- the last record they did with Roth. There's nothing I, I that's it's heavy, but not like this. I do think it was supposed to be one song. I really do think it was think one so song. Too. And they just split it into two because rock bands don't do this kind of thing unless you're fucking a prog band. Exactly. And so that's why it was split into two. But I do think it was one song because like every other song on the album, three to four, almost five minutes long. I'm kind of curious. Like, I wonder if they did it because of the amount of songs. Because with this, with both of these songs, it's nine. It's only nine tracks. Maybe they had. Maybe there was an issue, like a, a contract issue or something with the label where. They said you couldn't have eight tracks, so you had to split it into nine. Maybe I don't know. I know, like, just like reading a little bit about their their contract history. I know their first album, their con- the contract they signed was just absolute garbage for them. It was like they seventy made, cents. They for made every no unit. No fucking money. Yeah, no and fucking I, I, money. From what I read too, after the first tour, they were in debt like a million dollars. Yeah, fucking it, like nuts. fucking no money. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and they kept their manager too after that. So that's 70, that's, 70 that's cents for every unit sold when a record was probably selling for $7 maybe at the time. Yeah, I know to make 70 cents off that. Come on. Split between fucking what? Five ways, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. I didn't even think about that. And yeah, that, and that doesn't, I think that would only be to the band. The 70 cents would only be to the four guys, but no, that's, that's nothing. That's chump change. So I so I'd have I just just I have, I have some I have some um, factoids here, if you want to hear them. Um, I'm going to do them anyway. But the Van Hagar era sold sold about 16 million records, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that's a lot of fucking that's records, of records, dude. That's a lot of records. The uh, the Van Halen era of uh, of Van Halen sold over 30 million records. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So over doubled the Van Hagar era. And those and, those tours, that fifty one fifty tour, was very very successful. And do you know what makes makes the numbers even even crazier is that the the Hagar stuff was like number one on the Billboard, like that was like highly charted records, songs, this and that, and it still sold less than the the Roth era. That's really saying something right there. That it's only like how it just shows like how insignificant like the Billboard charts actually are, because if these records, the fifty one fifty, the the eight twelve, 
and the other two that are three that came after that. It's just how many people does it actually take to get on the billboard charts? You know what? Does that make sense? When they're, when they're selling half of what the Roth era was selling and the Roth era didn't get any number one hits. I don't believe they did not even with jump. So it's, it's, it's all flawed. It's all skewed and it all is meaningless. Really? The billboard charts. But whatever. Anyway. Owen too? Owen too. Owen That too. was good. That was good. So did you, did you have any other factoids? <laughs> I do. You want more factoids? Let's, 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 let's throw a couple more in. All right. I got, or at least okay, one more on. and then cool. we'll, we'll jump into it. We'll just do one more factoid and then we'll jump into another song. What this is got? a fun one. This is, uh, there are only five rock bands to have two albums sell at least 10 million copies. Right, yeah. a lot Wait, of rock how many, bands. How many, band, how many rock bands? A, a, a lot of a lot of bands have sold one album for ten million copies, but there's mm-hmm. only five that have sold two albums at at least ten million copies. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm surprised. What, who? This, who, who? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, like Van Halen's gonna be one of them, well, right? Yeah, we're talking yeah, about Van Halen. So, what, what do you what do you think the other four are? Uh, I would say. Fleetwood Mac. Are they considered a rock band? Like what? What, what, do you, what are we considering rock? This is this is according to a. Um, I mean, this Billboard, and then also a, a. The article itself was from an alternative rock radio station, I mean, okay, but like a so bigger one. ACDC. Okay, ACDC, Fleetwood Mac. Um, and then. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. Van Halen, and then. Zeppelin? No, I don't think Zeppelin even sold that many. Okay, well that's four. So you still have you still have one more guess if you want to just guess one more uh, thing. Let's see one more thing. Uh, Nirvana. That's five. Gotcha. Okay, so so what what is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you in order of things that I I, I like the least to the best. Um, uh-huh. One is Def Leppard. Mm. Hysteria and Pyromania both sold over ten million copies. Well, I don't like that, dude. Um, the Beatles. Okay, the Beatles, uh, I guess rock they're band. Technically rock. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper's over ten mil. Abbey Road and the Beatles. The Beatles. The White Album. The White Album. The shit album. Yeah, that one also sold over ten million. Um, <laughs> that one annoying. sold twenty. That one sold twenty three million. <laughs> uh, oh, so Pink Floyd is going to be on this list. Pink Floyd, Dark Side in the Wall, and then uh, Van Halen, and then Zeppelin. Right, really? Zeppelin, Zeppelin one, many? Zeppelin two, Zeppelin four, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, all of those sold over ten million copies. <laughs> See, I mean, obviously Zeppelin is like the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, rock band of all time. But even still, I thought it was going to be like one of those Jimi Hendrix things where you know Hendrix only ever had he's technically a one hit wonder, but he's still like the considered the greatest guitar player of all time. I thought it was going to be one of those things with Zeppelin, so I didn't want to throw them out as a guest. As a guess, guess, huh? Guess. Yeah. Well, you, why would you throw? Why would you throw Hendrix out as a guest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it fits so perfectly. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really dumb. No, it, it was cool when I was reading the uh, the article about because the, the article itself saved Zeppelin for last, and it was like, oh yeah, Def Leppard. Here's their two albums. Here's Pink Floyd's two albums. Here's Van Halen's two albums. Here's the Beatles' three albums, and here's like half of Zeppelin's catalog. That's Damn. pretty insane. Fucking, hey. 
It's weird that the Beatles haven't sold more than Zeppelin. That's weird. Beatles aren't that great. I mean, but you got some heavy hitters with the Beatles. Well, but they're not that great. So that's that's, that's the reason why. Okay, but also the White Album sold over 10 million records, and that album's not great. The White Album and The Wall were the two highest-selling records out of all the uh, the five bands here, which is (sighs) annoying. The Wall over Dark Side? That makes no sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, whatever, dude, uh, dude. People pretend to love the wall. I know it's crazy. It's it's, it's good. It's fine. It's disgusting. But damn, dude. <laughs> There's like eight, seven other records that are better than the wall. I mean, that's top. I don't know, fifteen Pink Floyd for sure. Yeah. Out of what the twelve records they have, eleven records. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, what's your what, what? What is your one B? Sinner Swing, baby. <laughs> Sinner Swing. What? One. That's good. This is my this is my three B. This is my three B. Okay, so I mentioned earlier in this episode the moment in time where you and I were listening to this together a few weeks ago, and a song came on, and we kind of looked at each other, and this is Sinner Sinner Swing was the song that made us want to do this record on the podcast. Like this is this is incredible. I mean, it's a faster tune, really driving riff. The timing in the verses aren't normal. Like, I, I don't know if it's like a three, four kind of thing going. I, I don't know. I just, I get so excited. I don't, I don't, I can't even think sometimes when I hear the song. It just sounds fucking good. The chorus is incredible. Heavier kind of chugging riff. Great back and forth vocals. Some good falsetto stuff that that Roth is doing that's just out of control. Dude, it's it's good. And then and then you get into the that that kind of descending guitar riff going into the or coming out of that descending guitar riff going out of the chorus into that solo it's so simple but it's 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 insanely insanely good then the solo hits and it's just everything you want from Eddie Van Halen in that solo like this the way this song builds and the way the song is structured the little nuances the parts everything about this and the speed even though it's not like a super fast punk song or anything like that, it's just fast enough to really get you going. And that is Sinner Swing. Love this song. What what I what I like about this song a lot is is the solo. The solo rips, and totally there's rips. no rhythm guitar muddling up the sound. It's just a driving bass line, that easy drum beat, and then Eddie tearing it up, right? <laughs> I know. Because a lot of times when he solos, especially post like Van Halen one, they add a rhythm guitar track. And we just yeah. we don't need it. You don't fucking need it. Especially and so when you listen to this shit on like on like stereo and you, and you kind of just hear like the channels broken up and one channel's only Eddie and the other channel's like the rhythm section, like dude, it fucking it slays. <laughs> it's so good. It yeah. slays. <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> and Mikey is just he's such a good like we were saying he's such a great bass player, such a good rhythm player that you don't need another guitar there. You don't need to layer it with another guitar. And that's another thing that. That's, a, I guess, bothersome about the Hagar era and a little bit of um, the Roth era is that, you know, the, the records took like two, three, four months to make. But, you know, Van Halen, one, Van Halen 1 took five days to record. Mind you, all the songs were written and, you know, they had been playing these songs for a couple of years, but five days to record that. that that's less than ble- Nirvana's Bleach, which we always talk about, you know, how crazy it was that it took them 
what I think it was six days to record that. Yeah, it's five days bonkers. Five days to record the intricacies and the craziness of Van Halen one. Uh, Van Halen two. It was two weeks to record that record. You know, less or about a year after Van Halen one, they went back into the studio and recorded a whole record in two weeks. You know, most of the Roth era was like that. I think at most they they spent maybe a month and a half in the studio, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so so I, I think it's, that's that's another big reason why you kind of get the craziness of these songs is because it, no, nothing was fussed over ever. I'd it was just it. it was it was like it was like Feldy says. What does Feldy say? <laughs> it's something we we're not allowed to say because it's on the note. Okay, list. but we know we know what Feldy says. But we that's know what he says. like these guys lived it. It was just like yeah, I just want to fucking get it over with so we can go back on tour, so we can do our debauchery back on tour. And the, yeah, that's I think that's the reason why they recorded in two weeks because they they want to get back in tour. They want, yeah, they just want to party and they like that tour life. Fuck around, man. Man, it's so dude. The crazy. way so like it, this one's cool too because we hear like like David Lee Ross like iconic kind of like drawl where he where he, he says um like she's she she looks so fucking good. He says like good. <laughs> where he draws at that last line, you know that last word. Yeah, and then he says fucking too. Right? He does, yeah. I like, think it's the only listen time... To, you listen to Van Halen, the first, you know, three, four albums, and all of a sudden he's, he's so fucking cool. And like, oh, wow. I think this is, the, I, from what I remember, this is the only time he's, he uses that word. Ever. Ever, yeah. It's just, and it was it was very noticeable. Like, I, it just, I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was a little shocked, you know? It was a good fucking. It, it was, was a, a good really fucking. Good fucking. It was a good yeah. fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people, right. some people throw fuckings out, and they're kind of like they're overused, especially in hip hop too. Like fuckings are a dime a dozen. Oh yeah. But when you, but when you've Long never said it, dude, we've never fucking said it, and all of a sudden like, he's so fucking good. Like damn, like wow, that's powerful. It's that's good it was, shit. It really, really worked, especially when his lyrics are so mediocre, which we haven't even we've, gotten into any I of his know, lyrics because and, just and I don't who gives care. a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they're just. The lyrics are there as placeholders. That's all they're yes, there for. Correct. He he could make any noise, which he already does. Um, exactly. I fine. don't care what you're saying, so long as how you're saying it is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's Say whatever and, you want. And it goes to show, like even just like the stupid. In, I don't. They're probably improvised, but just like a little spoken word, the little skits he does within songs, like in Hot for Teacher, I drop my pencil. <laughs> it's like, come on, who cares what he says? It's just it's so stupid and it's so over the top and. It's lovely. It's lovely. Uh, and, and another thing about Sinner's song, too, is that Eddie recorded this entire song in one take. Like, what are you doing? What is this guy Dude, doing? So, okay, so, so... Where is he from? I, what did I, I, was, I was reading a lot about this backstory between Templeman and Eddie and what they were doing in the studio. Okay, so, like, let's go back even a little bit further. Templeman produced Montrose's first album, Montrose, Montrose. Which mm-hmm. featured Sammy Hagar, which is a pretty fucking solid uh, rock album, and honestly, it sounds a lot like Van Halen six years before Van Halen did it. And so, I, like Van Halen, for sure, took from Montrose's Montrose, and they played Montrose songs live, and they like gave credit where credit was due. They I think did they it even better. they even played with Montrose. Like I, I think both of them, yes, Van Halen and Montrose, opened up for Journey, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, was it Montrose? I think it was. I know. I, was I, I know for Van sure. Halen Van Halen and, and Montrose played together. I know Van Halen like as a band liked Montrose a lot. 
Um, when when Sammy Hagar left, that's when they kind of like, oh yeah, like he was a cool fucking vocalist. Um, but that first Montrose album, dude, it's it, like you hear the kind of the blueprint for Van Halen. It's really cool. Great album. You should listen to it once and then uh, don't worry about it ever again. But it's a cool album to listen to. <laughs> put it on your list. I'm going to put it on your list after tonight. I'm putting my list so right now to talk. To on my list. I'm putting I my still, list right now. I still have the, uh, the the tabs open for Thank You Scientist and that one BT BAM record that That's I haven't a, listened to yet. I listened to my, or, uh, Thank You Scientist the other day. Eh. Yeah, I'll fine. still give it a listen. I'll still give it, I'll, yeah, I'll give it listen a to it once. It's fine. Um, where we where we where we going with here? Sinner, uh, do, do we have anything else on this song? Dude, there's a bunch of stuff on this song. Dude, the call and response from from DLR yeah. and the Harms, dude, fantastic. And I love the way he says get 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 out and push. Like it's <laughs> frantic and it makes me feel rushed. It makes me feel it rushed does. in a way that I feel like panicked. I feel like I I, I don't know. I I'm already getting jittery. Like and I, that was I the love original that. title of the song too. Get out and push was the original title. Yeah, what what else do you have on this one? That was I think that was it. That was uh, well you said you had a lot left on the song, but <laughs> well I think I was going somewhere with the Montrose thing, but I don't I don't remember where I was but going with it. Yeah, so it was gone. That happens. It happens. Uh, so right. then what 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 it's your two B? Uh, Mean Street. Mean Street. That's my four B. Dude, Mean Street's so good. <laughs> it's a great opener. It's a really great opener. Mean Street's so, so stupid. One? It's so, it's so kind of melancholy. It's so, it's so downtrodden compared to Van Halen one and two, and the Women Children first. This is the first time we've ever heard them kind of just take it easy a little bit. Like take it easy, slow down, and let's let's get a more sad sounding song. And then, damn, dude! Like, even though even though the song is just dumb as fuck, like lyrically, he's just stupid. Well, yeah. But when when he says, "This is home," this is Mean Street, like that fucking. <laughs> it's really. Damn, I love that shit, and it's not even a it's not even a good chorus. It's not even that catchy. It really isn't. It's it, it's kind of like like a musical, like something you hear in like a, in a Broadway musical or some shit. It's, but not God not as it. like sophisticated, I guess. I don't know. He, he, he just he just knows how to play around that generic kind of like draw, right? Like the, like this is home, this is Mean Street part. It hits harder because of the bridge, and the bridge like DLR just doesn't shut the fuck up, while everybody else is singing this is home. He's just like he's just saying shit. He's just doing stuff. He's like, what are you What are you doing? Stop talking. But that's David Lee Roth. That's David Lee Roth, dude. That's yeah. David Lee Roth, dude. Uh, it, well, the intro too. Eddie's intro, the tapping, the tapping, and and reading a little bit more about it. So he was tapping on the twelfth fret, the low and the high E, and he was muffling it with his with his left hand, which is I don't I don't really understand what he was doing, but it sounds like some Buckethead shit. It's some something you hear from Buckethead in the nineties. It's stupid. It's, it's stupid, but it's just like, dude, I get it. This is Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. That's, he's allowed that's to do exactly. It. So, so he's muffling it with his left hand, right? In his right hand, probably with like his thumb and his like middle finger. I would assume yeah. hitting the top and the low of the, of the twelfth fret, getting those but harmonics then, going on. I don't get. But even that's when not, you're muting it with your left hand. He has to be hitting those strings so hard with his right hand. You must be tapping them so hard to get that kind of sound. Because if you're muting it, I guess maybe if you're only muting it with like one finger. I, but I you guess can I was, get, 
you can get like that pinch harmonic sound by by muffling it with like the fat part of your thumb. Like there's a lot of yeah, weird noises you get out of your no, guitar. You're right, you're right, you're right. Like the main the main like take from this is like yeah, I've heard a thousand guitars like you said earlier. I I, I can see anybody on YouTube do the same thing better than Eddie did it. But he did it first, and he did mm-hmm. it so fucking well that like even still today, like guitars have a difficult. They spend their entire lives trying to play like Eddie Van Halen, you're and right. the guy was like. 20 years old when he perfected it he really did out of his garage with no tabs <laughs> I know. like like honestly like the like like the story of him playing with his back towards the audience when he was doing the tapping technique is not fucking fake that was that's factual there's like it's fact he played <laughs> so with his sick. back to the audience because he knew that his tapping technique was so unique was so so far beyond anybody else even though jimmy page was kind of doing that same sound yeah, he had done he, it before he was not, not the first guitar way. player. He was not the first guitar player to do it, but he he, just he took it to the next level. Elevated, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, for sure. For and that's sure. just like, come on, that's fucking unreal. Yeah, like to even use your right hand on the neck part of your guitar, right? Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Like that is so cool. Now you're switching hands. Like that's a whole new ball game we're opening up here. Mm-hmm. And he did like, it. Like, and he did it so well. Guitars, left hand neck, right hand strum. Like that's what guitar is. That's that's what we do. Yeah, change that up. It's it's bonkers. I'm speechless. I'm fucking. I can't even. I can't articulate fucking words in my mind right now. It's like Eddie just got bored of like the typical rhythm and blues. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, let's just fucking throw a wrench in it and see what kind of crazy sounds I could come up with. That's really what it was. I like playing the guitar. I don't. I don't feel like inventing a new like instrument. So I'll just do this one better. That's what happened. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, after that Buckethead shit, it just, it drops into a classic Eddie riff. Great, just honestly a great opener. And then the rhythm section comes in and talk about like... Dude, Alex's the, drum roll? Dude. Do, 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 Yes. Oh, that, it's Come so on. good. Even like, Come I think it's just like the 16th notes on the hi-hat. Just, it, it gives it such, it gives it such an amazing groove and tightness that's very kind of reminiscent of like what you would hear like on like a... Like like a Jimmy Chamberlain or some some shit like that or like Primus or just dude the rhythm section in this is I think a, one of the best parts of the whole record. I think the rhythm section in this song. I think the rhythm section for Van Halen clearly defines what a rhythm section should be doing on 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 studio recordings. Like this is yeah. exactly yeah. what I want out of a rhythm section. I want you to be melodic i want you to be on point i want you to be there for me and then have a little nuance to it don't be too crazy don't be don't you know don't be getting in your head that you're the front man here just do your fucking job and do it great and that's what they did and they did it they did it like, they, they did, did it, it perfectly <laughs> and then and then the solo man the solo comes in wailing takes a few a few bars but after that, it shred. He shreds a little bit, and then he kind of keeps it that way. I mean, I would have liked a more ripping solo, especially after the quiet, because there's like that that bridge that or the second bridge or breakdown, whatever. It's kind of quiet, but it, like having having a ripping solo after that would have been a great way to end the song. But the solo is still solid all around on this song. Yeah, it's a good solo. I do. Th- I, it's okay. So I, I think it's a back to basic solo. I, th- I think it's just 
it, it's it's Eddie like getting back to the Van Halen one sound. It's very mm. it's very raw sounding. It's very aggressive. It's kind of eclectic and weird, but but it has a rhythm guitar under the solo, and I just don't. I don't want it. I wish it wasn't there. You get good separation on the stereo channels, so you can hear like that solo like on its own, and the rhythm sections on its own. But I just, I, man, you don't. Like, come on, you're yeah, Eddie yeah. fucking Van Halen, dude. You don't need a rhythm guitar. <laughs> like, what are we, come on, what are we talking about here? You don't at all. You don't at all. So I, I wish, I wish that wasn't there, but it is there, and that's fine because it's the opening track. And I think the opening track is is meant to be like this thesis statement, this 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 thing that's going to get us into the rest of the album. And the track is a little bit more somber, a little bit darker than Van Halen's uh, normally done. So it's mm-hmm. fine. But God damn, dude, get the fucking rhythm guitar out of there. I prefer a synth over rhythm guitar. No. Eh. Because there's no rhythm guitarist in the band. I understand, but there's also no, you know, synth player. There's nobody. Yeah, but nobody else. takes a synth seriously. Uh. Still, I the synth can be <laughs> can be too much. Difference. You fucking love the synth. I no. Your favorite songs in order. Here we go. Ready? Only the part in Wendy Clear, which is organ synth, <laughs> organ. and then also uh, jump. That's it. <laughs> only songs you like this in the, the history of songs. songs. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> when when the huge deep cut from Blink One Eighty Two, and then the biggest Van Halen song. Ah, fucking! I honestly believe that's a stinker of any of song. I really do. It's not. It's not a stinker. It's cheesy, but it's not a stinker. It's just not good, dude. That that solo when when he comes in and jump, dude. It's so nice. It's a great solo, and it's so refreshing to hear it after all the synth. The basic synth. So synth you only melody. like the solo because you're so tired of that fucking synth. So you don't like the synth. But not and you really don't like the solo. You only like the solo because you're just tired of the fucking synth. Okay, gotcha. So the best mm-hmm. Van Halen song, in your opinion, is also their their worst Van Halen song. That's fine. Well, that's wrong, dude. I, I will also say the last minute of Mean Street is mm-hmm. is like the best, right? It just it's solid build. It's wild. It's a five fucking minute song. At the very end of yeah. the, also at the very end of the fade, right? How it fades out. Yeah, I think I think the last like four seconds he plays Eruption. Really. I heard eruption there. That part. I didn't pick up on it, dude. There's eruption there. I was in my car, and then I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna turn this up really loud because I have a better speaker in my car because it's more compact, I guess. I'm also not drunk in my car, so that's what I that's what I listen to it like like the intricacies of the the specific parts I want to listen to. Come on, like I, I, I put on fair warning when it starts. By the end of it, I'm five beers deep. Come on, five thirty beers minutes. In thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's insanity. Do you? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not five beers deep, honestly. But all joking aside, do you feel like you drink more when you listen to like really good records than you do yeah. if you were just like drinking, watching fucking something on TV? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, you just can't stop. Right? No. Like, I'm just so fucking excited. I'm, I'm so, so ecstatic. Into it. Yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of feeling, for sure. Like, like, like when I get up to change the record, beer. <laughs> Always beer. Or you got to take a swig before before you get up, and then you get up and go do it. Beer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wild. Okay. All right. Uh, mean Streets, I'm good with this one. Are you? Yeah, I'm good with that one, too. 
There's a couple like bass driven songs which I feel like we should bring up. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I, mean, we, we, I think we're getting close to wrapping it up. We, we could go all fucking night if we just, we you know what I mean? Like, this is. There's so just, much about Van Halen, but it's just. We could save a lot of it for like another another Van Halen episode, too. This band is so. It's so deep and it's so intricate and there's so much fucking history with this band. We've only not talked about what dirty movies, hear about it later, and push comes to shove. Oh, and so is. And so. So, so this is, is love. love. So this is love. So is love. Love. Yeah. See, that's why right. like 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 Spanish writing is so great because you have like the the upside down question mark in the beginning of the of the sentence, so you know it's going to be a question right when you fucking look at it. Oh, is that why they do that? I've never known. I don't know why they do it. I just think it's great that they do it. No, that's really that makes sense. You know what I mean? Totally so like, so like a long sentence, you're reading it like like monotone, reading it, reading it, reading. It. Oh. Uh, yeah, and you like inflect on like the last part. That's not like a fucking idiot. Fucking stupid English. Yeah, it's not like a fucking moron. This is the worst language ever. The worst language. Well, ever. It's, it's the greatest language in the greatest country with the greatest systems of measurements. Um, <laughs> <laughs> push comes to shove. I, I do want to talk about if I picked one. If I picked one song to to close it out with, it would be push come to shove. I want to talk about that one. Okay, let's go and then I'm it. good. Okay, I listed the got? song as an okay, but like, it's a really, really, really good, quirky, unique, okay for Van Halen, because this is very like disco-y. There's a little queen here of this era, right? Yeah, and this is this was like supposedly an attempt of DLR to do some type of reggae sound, and there's aspects of that, like like the offbeat upstrokes in the guitar and the kind of slower vocal delivery. But no, this is just a bad attempt at doing like. Like what Queen was doing in the eighties, and they and Queen like slayed at that kind of sound in the eighties. They really did. Um, this is my least favorite song on the album. Really, but I think, yeah, but I think it's it's fucking bizarre, and I'm 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 interested because it's it's weird. Like it, I don't think the song knows what it wants to be. The solo is fucking weird to me because Mikey wants to get into this deeper groove. And he does a lot of shit like live where you hear him like really get into the like that that rising yeah. bass thing where right where he's just like hitting like the, the, the notes of the power chord and sliding it upwards. It's a fucking does, solid bass line, man. But he doesn't do it here. He doesn't get too crazy here. And the whole song like ends on a key change. Why is there a key change? Because Eddie wants it that way. The fuck? What? For what reason? <laughs> okay, for, so, so, so I, I don't... I don't disagree. I think I think Freddie Mercury is the greatest frontman of all time, but I think well, DLR no, is is DLR. number two, solid number two. No one will ever dethrone him in my mind as the second greatest frontman of all time. But he's not a great singer. He's just not. Hmm. He's he's a good singer, and he's better than most. But he's not a great singer, and so to have True. a key change. And I tried to look, I tried to YouTube this fucking song and I could not find a video of this song. And I would love to see him do the key change and see if he sounded as, as good as he did in the higher key than he did, you know, beforehand. But I they couldn't might, find one. So they might have never even played this. I don't think they would because why would you? It's fucking weird. It's a it's weird bizarre. song. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is bass driven. That's for sure. Um, it's it's like this. It's kind of like a funky R and B kind of jam too. Like it, it has that with with, with that bass line, and then also Alex's drums too. The, it, his his 
his parts are very not rock and roll. They are more funk R&B driven for sure. Um, and then you throw in Eddie, who I do like how Eddie in this song doesn't show off. He's he's letting the other guy shine for once on the whole record. He's letting the other guys shine, especially the rhythm <laughs> section, doing their own thing. And I fucking love it. I do like the the the, the upstrokes, but it's not the whole song. Like it, it's only it's only certain port certain parts of the song. So he doesn't rely on like that reggae upstroke thing. He does his own. He just does a lot of different things here. Like in, when it drops into the chorus, we, yeah, it's it's during the chorus when he drops. He throws on those those really cool effects onto his guitar. And it's giving that kind of ethereal sound. I really, I really, really, really like that. It, it's something you haven't really heard up to this point, I think. And he's, I think he's experimenting just as much as the other guys, but he's not up front like he normally is. And um, the his, his hammer-ons, the hammer-ons that Eddie does are so incredibly clean. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. He does not fuck up at all i've never heard cleaner hammer-ons than eddie van halen and this song is one of those examples it's 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 insanity how do, how I bet do, how you, do you like do it? there's no there's like no feedback <laughs> on these hammer-ons like they're perfectly they're just perfect nothing nothing's wrong with i them. bet you i bet you eddie van halen's like left hand was he left-handed or right hand he was he was right he was right he was a normal person yeah, so I, I bet you his left like fingers were just like fucking pure muscle, and and the tips of his fingers were just callous so much that when he hit like a string, it just instantly went to like a clean, the cleanest like like note it's you've ever weird. heard. But but it's not it's not like it's a clean note. Like it's not because you could still hear the distortion. It's just it's just there's no. There's no imperfection. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's no imperfection with his hammer-ons because you could always hear some sort of like feedback or some like like weird scratch or distortion or something when somebody does a hammer-on. But when Eddie does it, there's nothing. And that's not like something that they take out in post. This is like this is him playing. This is how perfect he was as a guitar player. There's nothing like it. There's really nothing like Eddie Van Halen. It's fucking nuts. I, I, I do I do love Push Comes to Shop. I really do. This is my 5B. And Mikey rips it up. I mean, really, in the end, Mikey really drives the song with that bass line. Because that bass line's solid. Fucking solid. It's 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 good. I think I think he wants more though. I, I, I think I think he, he's expecting more. He wants to do more. And if you listen to to like earlier stuff that he does. Um, he does more, and he's a fucking fantastic musician. He's trained more than any other person in the band, yeah. so he knows where he should be doing and, and what he should be doing. And it's uh, I don't know, it's, you know, it's good. It's, good. it's very good, very very good. All right, um, do you want to talk about any other songs? There's one part I want to talk about, but not the entire song. What, Is there uh, anything what part? else you want to touch about? No, it's, I, I just want to get into why Van Halen may be like the greatest rock act. Of all fucking time, I just, I'm I'm on a high. I'm getting crazy, dude. I'm so I'm in it to win it. So let's let's wrap it up. Well, actually, but before we wrap it up, I want to talk about one part in Dirty Movies. So he says in this song, during the melody, he was playing it on a slide, 
and <laughs> he couldn't get high up high up enough on the neck for with the slide so he, he literally off. sawed off part of the guitar so he can hit those higher notes with the slide yeah thought dude who else would do this but eddie van halen who, who hasn't done that are you kidding me <laughs> that's like who would have thought of that like let's just fucking saw off the guitar fuck it yeah fuck it fuck the guitar <laughs> it's dude the guy was insane <laughs> the guy was fucking insane so i just wanted to bring that up because i thought it was a great story but um let, let, let's let's give our final thoughts on the record let's uh, rate the record based off of our world famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album two is a good album i'm going to continue to continue to listen to one is a bad album to give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard so uh, with final thoughts and your rating on this, go. I, I, I give this album 2.75. 2.75, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, okay. Whatever. But I want to I get more into why I, because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want. I want to get more into why I think like Van Halen may be, maybe like the greatest rock band of all time. They just, they're there because... Mm-hmm. You got your Zeppelins and your Floyds, but they're they're coming out at a time when there's other big rock bands, right? There's yeah. other big bands that are already releasing albums that are influencing you and you're influencing them. Van Halen drops at like 77, and we're talking like the golden years of L.A. And, and the golden years of L.A. may be the greatest like decade of, of, of hum, human history dating back to the birth of, of humans. <laughs> it, it may be the greatest. It really may be. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I think it may be, but like these guys saved rock and roll. Dude, rock and roll was headed into this fucking direction and we're getting tired and we're getting, you know, we're getting the same fucking acts, like spitting out the same fucking albums over and over and over and over. And, and prog music is getting into the jazz realm and all this other shit is, it's just getting dumb. It's just getting dumb and people are taking it further and further and further and wanting to do more. How can we incorporate more into our rock music? And don't get me fucking started with the eighties. But Van Halen <laughs> comes out and they say, yeah, let's do all of that. But the opposite, let's dumb it down. Let's, let's omit a rhythm guitarist while I'm soloing. Let's, uh, and Van Halen one specifically too. Let's keep the imperfections in. Because mm-hmm. there's like whole subreddits devoted to like imperfections in Van Halen one that make it great. Like Eddie <laughs> soloing, like, oh, that part right there, he fucked up there, but they left it in because he didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a shit. That's rock the oh that's rock and roll, dude. That's rock and roll, dude. Well I, I think I yeah. so like if nothing else, I think Van Halen saved fucking rock and roll in the seventies. I think hair metal <laughs> would not exist without Van Halen. I th- I think rock and roll I music mean, I think I mean, hair metal was directly inspired by glam rock as well, but yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of hair metal inspired by Van Halen. Van yeah. Halen kickstarted the L.A. scene, and they glam metal and hard, L.A. Yeah. scene is, goes hand in hand. They're fucking one and the same. You're right. You're right. I I, th- I think I think glam rock for for all its trials and tribulations would not exist without Van Halen. Man, fuck, I I don't think you ready for this. You ready for this hot take? Mm. Probably are, not. You, are you sitting? Are you sitting? I'm always sitting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm <am> always sitting. <laughs> I live a sedentary lifestyle. Sure. I'm always sitting. I think that like even <laughs> fucking. So I think that like even grunge and new metal would not exist without Van Halen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that I, stuff that stuff was in com- like complete 
contrast. They were, they were combating the glam lifestyle. But the yeah. glam lifestyle only existed because of Van Halen. But then you also hear these guitar players in the new metal scene, grunge scene, that praise Eddie Van Halen. I mean, um, fucking, I mean, the guys from Korn, Head and Monkey, they're, some of their biggest inspirations were Van Halen, Steve Vai, these guitar players that you wouldn't expect because when you hear Korn, you're like, okay, it's just this heavy riff with weird sounds. But it's like these guys, they grew up on Van Halen. They grew up on these crazy guitar players. I, you know I absolutely believe it. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that Van Halen may be the most underrated, adequately rated band of all time. Even though everybody knows Van Halen, everybody fucking knows his hits. I don't think people really appreciate what Van Halen did for music. I think it's because of the Hagar era. I think if if they had if they had ended on 1984, I think they would be more legendary than they already are, which is crazy to think about. Do you agree though? Like like they're, they're yeah. for sure legendary, but they're not 100. They're not Zeppelin legendary. They're not Pink Floyd legendary. But <sighs> they not. fucking should be. They're not, but they they're close. They're damn close. They the really, fuck, really they're, not, they're not even ACDC legendary. And that's the most irritating thing yeah, of all time. Yeah, right? I know. Like that, that's the <laughs> most know. bothersome. <laughs> and I like ACDC. I, I have several of their albums, but after listening to like all the Van Halen's this week, they're all getting purged. Yeah. Except for no, Dirty I, Deeds. I, I, I like Dirty Deeds. It's goofy. Oh yeah. Dirt, yeah. That's, that's the only one I have. That's the only oh, AC, my God. ACDC. Like, like, you fucking, this band's a joke compared to Van Halen. Did Van Halen. Oh of my course. God. Yeah. I I cannot sing this band's praises enough. So that that's my re- that's right. my record wrap up. I this is a two point seven five. It's not it's not perfect. Um, there's some things on here I wish I wish were different. I wish they omitted rhythm guitar tracks over the, under the solos. But and, that's being uh, so nitpicky. Come on. What do you want me to do? Okay, I, I don't. Okay, I don't. Okay, I don't okay, it's it's okay, not fine, fucking Halloween. Fine, okay. Fine. I don't give out these threes like it's it's Halloween candy. I don't either. Like you do. I don't either. That's not what we're. That's not I'll, what I'll we're do two. For. I'll do two point eight because two point seven five is pretty low. The seven there looks low. I'll do two point eight. Two point eight. Okay. All right. My uh, my my wrap up here. I think this is a very underrated record. I'm glad we listened to it a few weeks ago when I was out there. It changed my mind about this. I mean, I I love Van Halen, and I did up until a few weeks ago, but this gave me a different perspective on on this record and like stuff between Van Halen. And 1984, and this is a forgotten, a forgotten album. Really, it was because this is like a very kind of low-selling record of the David Lee Roth era. This is, I think this is the lowest-selling record from that era, which sucks. It shouldn't be because the songs are really good. They're a little bit more mature because they're not as crazy. The lyrics are. I mean, we didn't really talk about the lyrics much, but they are a little bit deeper. Very, very little. Yeah. A little bit deeper. Heavier tones more experimentation at this point. I mean, they really went for it on 1984 when it come, came to experimenting, but they did a lot here and, and it's good. It's really, really good. This is a dark album. It's a very, very dark tonally, very dark toned album. And it's, it, it's fantastic. It really, really is fantastic. Um, I, I think your rating is really stupid. I'm giving it a 2.8. That is really dumb. Dude, because, that means your top four fucking Van Halen records are all perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. I mean, I, I really don't give out threes very often. 
But like giving this record, this is, so this like the reason dream. the reason why I I knew you're gonna do this shit because you're a fucking little cuck. The but reason why I didn't do it you're, because you're splitting hair, you're giving splitting hair. giving this record a perfect three means this is on par with Van Halen one. Is this on par with Van Halen no, one? Because okay, so so we've talked about this before. <laughs> Van Halen this is one. not. I, I can't. I can't. I can't Dude, get Van, it out of my mind. Van Van Halen one. I can't even begin to explain how much, how beyond of a banger that is. Like that is just, you can't even compare it. You, you honestly, I mean, I agree. You cannot compare it to, to fair warning. You just cannot, you can't compare fucking Van Halen one to almost any record in existence. It is so unique. It is so beyond banger. Like it's not even fair. It's not even fair. It, it It's just not, it's not, I don't, I, I'm mad. I'm I'm irritated. <laughs> like it's it's not it's not fair that it's that good. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. If and you, that, if and, you take and that's Van why Halen I still get fair. Just... I still get fair warning. A perfect three out of three because it is a perfect album. But it you can't compare it to Van Halen one, like it, it, and even Van Halen two. Like they're so beyond. They're they're just especially Van Halen one. It's so beyond anything. It's just not fair, man. It's hard. It's hard to even like, I don't know, like like give an analogy, right? There's nothing in my life where I can, I can give an analogy to with Van Halen one compared to like Fair Warning. I just, I can't, I can't compare anything else in my life to it. It's like, it's like, to me, it's like when I hear Van Halen one, I still am blown away just like I am when I hear Rubber Soul by the Beatles. It's one of those things. It's just like it, you can you can never I to me it's like I could never think of something that could be better than like objectively better than Rubber Soul better than Van Halen one better than really I, I don't know man like Dark Side even too like Dark Side is so unique even for Pink Floyd it was a pretty unique uh, record it's not my Dark favorite Pink Floyd it's not Dark my favorite Pink Floyd but it's, it's it's very Miami Vice sounding but it's fine whatever it's not but anyway I don't know just. Anyway, fair warning. Right. Perfect three. Perfect three, perfect three out of three. So thank you all for listening. Do you have anything else? Uh, that's it. That's all. All right. Thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five or, yeah, five stars. Almost said three stars. Should be three. Three <laughs> out of three. Uh, five stars. Thank you all for listening. Um, that's it. That's all.